Reference to or information about any specific product or service by name, trade name, trademark, or service mark in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement of that product or service. And now on to the episode. Hello and welcome to Better Money with Elements Financial. I'm your host, Miranda Finley. I'm a certified financial wellness professional who has worked with thousands of people in all walks of life. And I'm also a real person with real financial experiences. I'll chat from both personal and professional viewpoints to help make your money better. You may remember that towards the end of season two of Better Money, we had an overview conversation about inflation. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet, feel free to pause this episode and go listen. We wanted to provide our listeners with an update almost a year later. Here to provide that update and insight on how you can navigate this economic climate is Element's Chief Financial Officer, Andrew Chalko. Hi, Andrew. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know that we've had a lot of conversations about inflation, you and I, and we even have an excellent workshop series that we have taught over inflation that you have been leading the charge on. But I thought it would be really great if our members um, and other people in the elements realm could hear an update on inflation um, from a trusted resource like yourself. So what trends are we currently seeing right now in our economy? Yeah, so there's so much going on and we're seeing so much information um, and even conflicting information. So it's one that having an update is very beneficial. Um, and it's one that really people are needing because depending where you're getting your news from or how you're reading it, you can have different emotions each day. And we're seeing pretty volatile swings across many markets, uh, whether it's stock markets, bond markets, and even just other assets out there. So kind of let's start at the beginning. So Starting March of last year, the Fed went on a very aggressive rate hike, so tightening over 5% since that time there. One of the fastest and most aggressive rate hikes we've seen. And the interesting part about that is that really impacts consumers as well as businesses and their borrowing costs. So whether it's credit cards, home equity loans, even just businesses and how they want to reallocate their capital and really make sure they're, they're making sure they're still making the money and profits that they're anticipating, um, all those costs have gotten more expensive. So the other challenge is much of those hikes have occurred very quickly. So it takes some time for those to go through the whole economy. So some industries feel them faster than others, like we've seen housing and others have major shifts quickly. Um, but typically on that time period, once the Fed stops hiking rates, it can take up to 18 months for that to really flow through the entire economy and really get back to where uh, the impact that the Fed is really anticipating having from those interest rate moves. There's a lot of other things changing, too, as well. So we're going to focus on the consumer price index, which is one of the key, in, key inflation indicators and measures that really looks at the price that consumers pay on different goods and different buckets of goods. And so that actually has changed pretty significantly over the last year. So it peaked at 9.1% in June of 2022, and it came down to 3.2% at the end of July of this year. That's a major move. However, there's a few factors in there that are pretty volatile. So food and energy are two of the most volatile, um, and they can swing very significantly. So if we think about it, gas prices, they can go from $2 a gallon to $3 a gallon pretty quickly. Same with food and other things. They can move pretty rapidly. So when you back out energy and food from that CPI number, the core inflation is actually still at 4.7%. So that is significantly higher uh, than the Fed's target of 2%, where they want that to be for the long run. Um, when you think about it, just with those volatility pieces, when we talk through it, that 4.7%, the core inflation peaked at 6% roughly when that 9% was there. So didn't get as high as it 
with the energy and food, but it still is much higher than we want it to be for the long period of inflation. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I'm hearing is if the Fed does something today and we see an economic shift today, that we may potentially still feel the aftermath of that up to 18 months later. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. So every part of the economy is going to impact differently and the timing is just going to be different. So um, so it can take that long. It could be quicker, but it still it could be that that long of a period. And if we think about it, the Fed did move pretty quickly during the last half of last year. So many 75 basis point hikes as well as 50 basis point hikes to really catch back up. So uh, they move pretty quickly during a short period of time, but it's one that inflation may take really another one to two years to really start to come back down. And that's just the inflation numbers. There's a lot of other things impacting the economy as well, and some that are even counteracting that inflation. So the job market remains very strong right now. So unemployment is at 3.5%. Um, that's historically a low number. And that's one of the factors the Fed has an assumption in their numbers. Um, for inflation to really come down, they expect that job market to um, have unemployment rise. So they're, they're not wanting to have a lot of unemployment, but they need it to get off of the lowest level it's ever been and really start to see unemployment creep back up. But that's a really challenging time because actually the job openings numbers would actually indicate that there is 1.6 jobs open for every one person of unemployment right now. So it's one that there's still an imbalance of job openings to current people looking for jobs. And that's putting a lot of stress on basically the Fed to make sure their model can meet the needs they need it to have and bring inflation back down to a level they want it. Absolutely. So I'm hearing that that trend is good because I know that jobs is a huge indicator for how inflation is impacting us overall. Um, but what other areas and categories do you think will continue to be impacted by inflation moving forward? Yeah. So the jobs is very important because it's one as consumers, we want people to be employed and we want to have the Fed's goal is to have maximum unemployment or maximum employment. So they want to have a stable price across the entire economy as well as maximum unemployment. Is there really two goals? Granted, at times when you're making shifts, uh, you're going to need things to move around in the economy. So um, we have seen goods come down. So the prices of goods have fallen. So if we think about it, many of the different indicators that we see of people going out and buying new goods, whether it be we saw a big push during COVID for treadmills and electronics and other things, those goods have really started to slow. However, the services industry is where we're still seeing very high inflation as well as very sticky pieces that are not going to move as quickly. So that's much more of like the travel and transportation and other areas. We've seen a lot of increases in those those areas, as well as people are still looking to say, I want to take that experience or I need that service. It's something that you just can't say, oh, I want to turn it off and back on. So that's one when you can say, oh, I don't need to buy a new washer dryer or some sort of big purchase. You can put those on holds. But when it's every part of your day to day and your month to month, it's really hard to see those prices come down as quickly because it's something that's just part of your everyday life. Absolutely. And I know you give like a really great example about food in in our inflation class. So can you can you go yeah. through that? Yep. So it's one that um, the hardest part about this inflation is really food and housing have been some of the largest places we've seen increases. Um, and so if we think about it, let's just say that burrito that you're purchasing used to be seven dollars. Well, now that burrito is really over ten dollars here. And we're talking about in the Indianapolis area. So we're not talking about some of the higher um, cost of living cities. We're in still one of the lower cost of living just overall on the average. That's a huge increase. So $3, that can be, I mean, 30, 40, 50% increases on that. And it's really because there's two factors. They're having higher cost of goods. So the food prices, as well as the labor prices. So many industries are actually feeling inflation 
from both angles where they're having to raise that price just to kind of pass along to the consumer. So that's one that those two things have really been impacting it. And that's one that really can make a shift in everyone's just budget and what you can spend on. Um, it's things that you really can't cut out. Yes, you can cut out eating out, but even just going to the grocery store, we're still seeing very high inflation um, just every day with grocery stores. And yes, the trend is moving in the right direction. However, if we think about where we were in 2020, so if you go back over just this last three-year period, we've seen very large increases of inflation over that time period. So let's just break it down in a couple of the areas. So food is up 20.5% from 2020 to today. And then shelters up 17.5%. And then other areas such as used cars and energy are up 40 to 50%. So those are really large increases. When you break it down and annualize them, that's still 7, 10, even 15% increases over a very short period of time. So the consumers really having a tough time, even though things are trending in the right direction, they're still catching up from really where we were from the last few years. And that just amount of inflation we saw uh, really in 21 and 22 that they're really still having to adjust to. So yes, we're seeing positive trends down. We're still at a significantly higher place than we were even just a few years ago. And if you really break it down, so those all those categories combined on the CPI over that period are up 19.2%. So when you say that's still over 6% annual increase in inflation. That's hard for a lot of consumers and just everybody to make decisions of how you're going to come up with that big difference because it is areas that you really can't avoid, such as food, uh, shelter, and even just energy. Those are pretty big staples in our lives that we have to just figure out what other places can we make decisions to really curb the inflation or even make cuts in our budget to kind of help us that way. Yeah. And we're absolutely going to address that and hopefully help our listeners, you know, come to terms with there are some things within our control, even though it feels like there are a lot of things outside of our control right now. And determining the difference between wants and needs is always something I feel that is tricky when it comes to personal budgeting. But I think it's even more relevant right now that we really look at those wants versus needs. And it used to be that we could have maybe more wants, but now our necessities are taking up a larger portion because of some of those increases like with shelter and energy that you were discussing. So there are a few indicators that we should be looking for as to maybe what will break first. So what should we be looking for and what are we seeing? Yep. We're seeing very conflicting data from the economic perspective. Right. I know I covered, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I covered uh, the CPI and the inflation numbers as well as kind of just where we are from a jobs perspective. But we're even seeing strong retail sales and corporate earnings, which means consumers are still spending, even even in this time of higher interest rates and just kind of a different time period, they're still finding ways to have good sales and spending that way. The other part is we're seeing the economy in general. So uh, GDP, which is really the overall just health of the economy, and a measure there is really projected to still be over 5% for this third quarter, which is significantly higher than the Fed would like it to be, as well as means our economy is very strong. So those indicators show that things are really on the up and up and, and things are still uh, moving faster and faster and faster than the Fed would like it to go as well. But then when you take the flip side of it, so we can look at the same data of those items, but from a different perspective, there's some risks out there. So that's one that we want to cover. So consumer credit card debt across $1 trillion in the most recent month. And then household debt in total is over $17 trillion. Those are really, really large numbers. So that's one that, that's what I mean by conflicting data when you say, okay, retail sales are very strong and the economy is still moving along quickly, but also consumers are having higher and higher debt loads as they go through this time period. And so everyone's trying to figure out what is the perfect 
uh, solution? How do I kind of move through this time period? And that's where I say what's going to break first is, is kind of that what is going to break the consumer and we see slowdown in spending or is it going to be just the higher debt loads that eventually have people having to make difficult decisions? So it's one that there is a lot of uncertainty out there. But I think the best thing we can do is really use good advice. And I know that's something that you always take a lead on of how we can give everyone that most tailored advice to help them to find the best solution for them. So that's something that we do want to make sure everyone thinks through what's their plan and how can they go forward and just what changes they may need to make or how can they have a very fluid plan with all these conflicting things and just everything moving so quickly nowadays. I think that word fluid is very important here because I think it's, you know, having a static budget or having a static plan isn't going to um, help you in the long run when we're seeing very uncertain times like what we might be seeing now with rapid changes and impact on consumers directly. So in addition to that consumer credit card debt and then the household debt overall growing, our country also has to reckon with the fact that student loan payments are coming due very soon. And that is something that has not been a part of people's budget over the last almost three years. And so when we look at that, when I look at when I take a step back and look at what I'm seeing as a financial expert and coach, I'm seeing more people come to me stressed about their finances. I'm seeing that rise of costs and goods and their buying power being a little bit less with the dollars that they do have. And that increases their debt load because if they haven't created a fluid plan and if they haven't taken a step back to kind of look at their their personal finance situation and made some changes along the way and they continued spending the exact way that they did, then that means that they're probably overspending in some categories. Because if your housing cost has gone up, your energy cost has gone up, your food basics have gone up, and then you also haven't in turn made some changes about your wants spending, I guess I'll call it, then that's just going to increase your debt load, which is exactly what we're seeing with that credit card debt kind of crossing that $1 trillion threshold. And then we're also seeing increase in variable interest rates on those credit cards. So if people are relying on those to continue loading the lifestyle that they've had, then um, they're also seeing more interest accruing on those cards, which makes it tougher to pay off. According to a new study by WalletHub, the average interest rate in the first quarter of 2023 hit 22.15% up from 18.32% during the same period a year earlier. And so I just think that that right there, you know, our interest is accruing faster on these cards. So we have to, to step back and take a look at what things that we can do um, to better our position with what we have going on that's outside of our control. So I think self-awareness here is key. And I know that you talk about this a lot. Like you have conversations in your household, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I love talking finance and it's one that fortunately for my family, we get to do it both at work and then at even at home. So it's one, we have to have ongoing conversations because mm-hmm. there always is the changes, like you said, that we can plan for. We can plan whether we're going to go out to eat or whether we're going to, we know the kids are going to go back to school. There's certain things you just know seasonally are coming up and you can start to build a plan around it. But then there's some of those things this year that people probably weren't aware of and kind of caught them off guard. So even if we just say, uh, thinking about property taxes or escrow assessments, things that you didn't realize that, okay, my home appreciated in, in X value, which is great. And that's great to see an asset increase in value, but there's also some costs that go through it. And you don't really get to experience that value of your home uh, unless you're selling it at the time. But it's when you do see your just monthly payment increase on something that you would think is a fixed payment, you say, oh, that's an extra $50, $100, or 
even more than that, because there's a lot of different things with school assessments and other things that have come through just locally here in Indiana, that those things can really have an impact of just kind of taking someone who even has a very sound budget and knows exactly where you're at and saying, okay, we have to address this and we have to make another change. And I think that's exactly what we want people to think through. It's great to have a plan, but you need to have a plan B and C and D, in my opinion, with how things are moving so quickly and know really what levers or things you can pull uh, to help you kind of relieve short-term pain or maybe even address something that is now going to be part of your new normal. So that's something that I think we're talking through at our household, and it's one that everyone needs to be talking through these days uh, as they're just trying to balance that budget or know what's coming next for them in their financial lives and what they're trying to accomplish and still stay on a successful path. Absolutely. And I cannot agree more in our household. We've had those conversations and our mortgage payments because of exactly what you're talking about. Um, Our assessment went up, our taxes went up. And so monthly, our mortgage payments went up over $600. So that caused us to sit down and have a conversation about, okay, where's that money going to come from? Because we can't continue to spend like we still have that $600 floating around in our budget. Um, So taking a step back and maybe even having some uncomfortable conversations about what you're going to take from. Um, Maybe you aren't going to hit a goal as quickly. Maybe you need to cut out some of those things in your budget. Um, So I want to talk through some of those things that you can do. So if what we're saying is resonating with you, if you're feeling a little tighter between paychecks, maybe your rent payment, your mortgage payment, um, you know, the your energy costs. So either um, fuel or your utilities has caused you to feel just a little bit more uncomfortable financially. I think that the first thing we can do is look at our behaviors, right? So what are some recommendations that you have, Andrew, that somebody might be able to put into place to help them through this time period? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you have to just start with your budget. And and everyone has a different feel of a budget. Um, some have a very strict and line item by line item down to the penny. They are on it. Some, to be honest, haven't had to budget. Maybe they've just said, you know, my, my income that comes in versus where we've been from a low inflationary period, they hadn't had to be so tight on it or be so stringent because they knew that everything kind of worked out. And if things got out of balance, they could do one or two small changes and bring them back in line. Well, today with so many things changing, it is when we want to start with the foundation. So get just the trends of where you're spending, what are costs that you know are going to be there every month, and then also kind of budget what other things you, like you said, the wants and needs. And our part is today, most of those dollars that we have that are discretionary are going to the needs more than they are the ones. Yeah. And a couple other tips and tricks that I have that I think are very important. If you have utilities, maybe go to your different utility providers, see if you can get on a budget billing. It is going to change your payment, but it won't have those unknown surprises. Because I think that's something that as we head into winter, you always never want to see you have that high gas bill and you're just like, I didn't plan for this. I don't know how I'm going to do that. And that can just add more stress. Yes, it may be where you're having a higher cost uh, overall, but it's also a stable cost that you can then plan for. And I think in all the things right now going on that are changing so quickly, knowing what you can plan for is better than having that unknown come through. Um, We're seeing that even just if someone said, oh, I had a washer and dryer breakdown or something that comes in and there's that three or $400 expense. That's a bigger hurdle to cover um, in today's just economy and just where everyone's at from feeling the inflationary challenges. So I think if you can get as many things lined out and know that that cost is going to be stable, it's going to help you just be a more successful and build a better and sound plan. Um, And there's also things you can do. Just do a little like no spending hiatus. I'm a firm believer of every year make some New Year's resolutions and, and, you know, they don't always come all the way through. But if you can just make small steps, it can really help you kind of go through it almost do maybe like a mid-year cycle. So, you know, we're halfway through the year. 
and just say, hey, we're going to take a couple weeks off from eating out or we're going to do one one month of saying no spending on and pick one topic. I think it's one that when you talk about New Year's resolutions, many people say, I'm going to do six things. And when you get going so many different directions, you end up saying, hey, I wasn't successful. But in my mind, it's always just finding one thing to start with and being very just focused on that. So whether it's, hey, we're not going to eat out during the week. So none of that convenient, like I said, just going and getting that burrito or going and getting that sub sandwich, uh, that could really help just make sure you cut out some of those costs. Because to go just feed and do a quick pickup, it's no longer like 5 or $10. We're seeing that being $25, $30, uh, pending the size of your family. Those really add up and can really eat into that budget. So uh, eating at home or other things are also great ideas. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of thrift shopping. Um, And so my husband and I both love thrift shopping. Um, Some of my favorite items in my home are um, from thrift stores. And um, I would say... Probably 50% of my wardrobe is from thrift stores. I just really enjoy the hunt. And I know that's not everybody's deal, but I have noticed as I frequent thrift shops that more and more people are picking up on the fact that they should be shopping or could be getting more bang for their buck at a thrift shop. So I recommend check out your local thrift shops. And then if there are Goodwills in your area, they're one of our valued partners, Goodwill of Central Indiana. And every dollar you spend there is going back into the community and helping too. So you can kind of feel good about where your money is going as well. And then also I have a recommendation to drop off your items um, to at thrift stores if you're cleaning out your house. But thrift shopping is uh, is big for me. I can always find great deals. Buying generic instead of buying name brand. I know that may be different for you, um, but trying out the generic brands that you may be okay with. Um, that's going to save you substantially. And I think like the hardest part is learning how to say no, learning how to say no to ourselves, learning how to say no to our spouses or children. Um, That can be a really difficult process to walk through and it might require some hard conversations. So exactly like what you were talking about, Andrew, is in that like we need to revisit these conversations pretty frequently with our family as changes happen. And so there are a few recommendations I have that if you are taking something away from this, you're going to change some of your habits or you're going to look at maybe creating a budget for the first time um, or revamping your budget to meet your current needs. When you're having those hard conversations, there are a few best practices that we have um, that we want to share with you. So setting a specific time and giving that person a heads up, I think, is always fair. Uh, And our household financial conversations happen on Tuesday nights. We just know that if we're going to be meeting um, about our finances, it's going to be on a Tuesday night usually over dinner. um, So the other person has time to prepare. And it's not something that you're just springing on them, especially if you're the person who's hearing this information and you have all of these changes that you want to make. Um, Set up that time so that they know why you want to talk to them um, and really what your goal is. I always recommend using more I statements than you statements. That tends to go a lot further in the conversations I have. So I heard this information. Um, I'm feeling uncomfortable with where we currently are. I would like to reach our goals or feel um, a more solid financial foundation. And here's what I think I would like to do moving forward. And then remember that you're on the same team with the person that you're talking to, that you're working towards the same goals. And that likely if you're if you're um, feeling some kind of way about your finances, they likely are, too. And so just handle those conversations with a little bit of patience and a little bit of grace. And I feel like that'll go further. Anything to add to having those conversations, Andrew? Yeah, I think you touched on it. We're a big team family. So I think that's one that when you put it as a we and what are we going to do? 
um, and you, you both have commitments going at it, it just helps set the tone of, okay, we're both marching in the same direction. So it, it kind of does, even if it's just a small goal. And we always like, I'm, I'm a big believer of starting small and then seeing that just call it the waterfall where you just start to see things progress and get better and better by just making little simple changes. So um, whether it's just, like I said, not eating out once or trying to cut back on a little bit of shopping here or something there, making one small change, um, but really getting everyone involved in it is how we find it more successful in our household. I love that. So if any of this is resonating with you, we would love to partner with you. If you're having these tough conversations with yourself or loved ones, if you're feeling a little tight between paychecks, like I said, if you anticipate needing to miss one of your payments, if you've been feeling overwhelmed, or even if you just like an objective opinion on your finances, please reach out to us at elements.org. And for more helpful advice, check out elements.org slash advice. Thank you so much for being here, Andrew. I always love when we can um, pick a finance guy and a numbers guy brain. So thank you. And we'll calculate her. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Better Money with Elements Financial as we give an update on inflation. We hope you were able to take something away from this to make your money better. Find more episodes at elements.org slash better money or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review. And as always, reach out to us at bettermoney at elements.org with any questions. See you next time.